Today on the Habs Forum, we are 26 games into the regular season, and the Canadians are only three points out of a playoff spot. Who would have seen it coming? Certainly not the people on this podcast. Uh, so we're going to talk about what this team's future looks like. Could they actually make the playoffs? There's been a lot of crazy games. I mean, say what you will about wanting to tank and all that. You have to admit the games have been entertaining, and this team is just... <laughs> I mean, you hate to see a team go up for nothing and then end up losing the game. But hey, every game, you never know what's going to happen. It's, it's, it's chaotic. So uh, it's, uh, it keeps you on the edge of your seat. So obviously, we'll talk about that. There's some uh, trade rumors to talk about, some prospects still killing it for the Montreal Canadiens. See, we don't have to worry about getting Connor Bedard because our prospects in the pipeline are already going to be elite so plenty, plenty stuff to talk about, especially since uh, it took us about what three weeks uh, before we uh, <laughs> we we made a, another episode. So, uh, and also we even have a Twitter poll that we can talk about. So excited about that, Dustin. So let's uh, let's get right into. We obviously won't cover all the games uh, since uh, since our last podcast, but I, just winning more than losing uh, and. Just still some bad losses in there, and a few games where they allowed a lot of goals. But what's surprising me the most, looking at the last few games, is winning on the road. Like a lot, of, a lot of road road wins for this team, especially since a lot of the players, like like Caulfield specifically, tends to do much better at home than on the road, and and those types of players. But they're just they're showing that they can play on the road, and I don't know. Do you believe? Do you think this team can make the playoffs, Dustin? Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, it basically looks like they're, you know, they're 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 pretty much going 500 all the time. Uh, you know, and, and I mean, like you said, I mean, it's it's it, the way that they've been playing on the road. They they've almost played better on the road than they have at home. And and I forget somebody somebody said a quote like a little while back that there's the team is so young that they they don't realize that they should be more nervous playing on the road, right? So they're playing. You know, like like they shouldn't be more nervous on the road or whatever, or have those jitters when they play on the road. But I mean, they're they're fantastic, and I mean, like any anybody I think that's followed the Habs over the last 15, 20 years knows that pretty much any time in December when the Habs go play out west, it's usually a disaster. And yeah. uh, and I mean, they've they've for the most part been pretty good. I mean, you know, over the last four games, you know, against the Flames, Oilers, Canucks, and the Kraken. I mean, they've uh, got four, five points out of a possible eight. I mean, I think if you would have asked pretty much any Habs fan, you know, I, I don't think that uh, I certainly would have been expected them to get five points out of a possible eight. So, I mean, uh, uh, absolutely. Yeah. And it's it's not an easy uh, West Coast trip these days, right? Like Calgary and Edmonton are definitely uh, strong teams. Vancouver is not the best, obviously, uh, uh, always. But like they, they're very up and down as a team and. I mean that 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 game was absolutely insane. Is it's a good and but the, and the Kraken. I know they're only two year old team, but m- much better team this year than than uh, than people expected. So I mean, I don't know. The, I, it, I I I wanted like if I had to put money on it, I'd say the Canadians aren't going to make the playoffs. But at this point, look, we're we're twenty six games into the season, right? Like at, at this point, it isn't just oh, it's just a few games, blah blah blah. Like they'll they'll fall back out. This is probably what the team is. They're above 500 right now. I mean, 13, 11, and two. Like I said, they're only three points out of the playoffs. It's not at all outside of the realm of possibility that they sneak into the last spot. And I, I just really think that this is a situation where last it's just been such a roller coaster as a Habs fan, right? Because they made the finals a year that they almost missed the playoffs and then the next year because they made the finals all of us kind of thought they were better than they were and then they finished last but then i don't think they were as bad as they were to finish last we all know about the injuries and all that so coming into this year we kind of just didn't know how to judge this team we kind of we all felt like they were better than what was what happened last year a lot of injuries and then so many question marks with the young kids coming in and honestly the young players especially on defense most of the time are outplaying the veterans like we're, we're going to talk about trade rumors later but you can almost make an argument that if they trade away a few of the veteran contracts that this team might actually start playing better than they are now because you know you give more minutes to guy like guys like edmondson and uh, even even matheson who I, I get he's missed a lot of time so he needs time to kind of adjust and all that they're not doing as well as jordan harris and Caden Gooley and, 
and Jack Eye. You know, these are the guys that are playing really well on defense. And so I don't know. I I just I can't help but believe in this team. I think they could actually sneak into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it sort of looks like it's going to you know come down to the wire. Um, you know, I've I've been thinking since the beginning of the year that okay, yeah, they you know they can they can they can do they can pull their weight pretty well. They can play some 500 hockey, but at the end of the day, they're you know at some point they're going to hit hit a losing stretch like we've seen them do over the last couple of years, hit a seven, eight, nine, ten game losing streak, and then and then that'll sort of be it. And but, then it's uh, it, that's over, yeah. Yeah, well, of course. I mean, that'd be over. But, you know, that that's sort of what I was expecting. And especially, you know, quite frankly, when I saw this this sort of Western stretch coming up, I was like, OK, this is this is when it's going to happen. But I mean, they've they've been re- they've played really well. I mean, again, for the most part, they have a couple of rough games in there. But uh, but no, again, I mean, it's, it's really been the kids. Um, you know, I mean, I think from the beginning, when you took a look at the forward group, it seemed like a, like a group that was pretty decent, um, you know. But how how would uh, how would Suzuki, Caulfield, and even Kirby Doc sort of progress? And and again, I mean, it's a team that that scored and they can they can put up a decent amount of goals. And again, I mean, those three, well, especially of course Suzuki and uh, and Caulfield are really leading the charge. And I mean, they're they're pulling, they're basically like have the whole team on on their back as far as goal scoring goes. And and as far as the defense goes, I mean, you know, I think that was sort of the big question mark. I think everybody knows that was sort of the big question mark at the beginning of the season. But again, like you said, I mean, it's really been we, we sort of knew what to expect from some of the veterans like, well, Edmondson, of course. I mean, he was injured at the beginning of the season and now he's back. Guys like Savard, guys like, uh, you know, even Matheson, who well, he was also injured, but sort of know what to expect from guys like that. But like you said, I mean, some of these young guys where there's a lot of question marks heading into the season, Gooley, you know, uh, the Jack guy. Um, and I- even Kovacevic, I mean, uh, you know, I think yeah. they've all really, and, and Jordan Harris as well, I mean, they've all really outplayed most yeah. people's expectations. I mean, they've all been fantastic. And, and yeah, I mean, like you said, making making some of the older defensemen uh, definitely expendable. Uh, for sure expendable. And here's the thing, even, and I and I think that management looks at it the same way. I, I maybe they they make a bit of a run, but no matter what, I think they're they're going to remain sellers uh, at, at the deadline. You know, they're they're still going to try to move guys. Like like if, there's rumors of Edmonton going for a first and Monahan knock on wood. Hopefully he's uh he's not too injured. Not just I mean I'm talking selfishly here because we do want to get assets for him, but also for 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 the player. Like he's had so many injury problems and he's having a bit of a bounce back this year. You'd hate for him to be out for a long time. So I I still want the team to kind of just rely on the kids but like if these kids can actually rally and and, and made it make a bit of a run but like like you said this western road trip we thought maybe okay this is going to be when we really see if uh if if this, this team can, can can handle and and they did a great job on this western road trip i think a lot of teams a lot of playoff teams would be happy with five out of eight points on a, a west coast road trip but the true test and you talked about december but really it's always the last two weeks of December, the Canadians are always on the road road because I think it's something that the Bell Center is always booked for these shows uh, around the holidays. And, and I know they're always on the road because my birthday is around that time. And I never can go see a Habs game on my birthday because they're always on the road on my birthday, which is very frustrating. But <laughs> that is really where they always go on a on a big losing streak. So in January, I think that's when we're going to know almost definitely whether or not they're going to make the playoffs because they end the year on a six game road trip in Arizona, Colorado, Dallas, Tampa Bay, Florida, and Washington, obviously starting off a little bit easier with the Arizona game, but then five games in a row against like, I know Florida has been struggling a little bit, but we all expect better from them. Like that is not an easy road trip at all. And actually you can add Nashville to that because on the 3rd of January, they're in Nashville. So that's six games, like, Six games in a row against really tough teams on the road around the holidays. I mean, if we're going to see a, a losing streak for this team, it's going to be that right there. Yeah, that's definitely a pretty ugly stretch right there of yeah. six games. I mean, you know, you look at that and, and like, honestly, if the Canadians got two wins out of those six. Exactly. That, that, that would be like, that would be a bit of a stretch. Almost, and and, and they, they, there was also that report about the strength of schedule till the end of the year, and the Canadians had the most difficult schedule till the end of the year. So it's a very tough road to making the playoffs. No matter what, they've exceeded our expectations. But now I've talked myself out of it. Yeah, I really don't think they're going to make the playoffs anymore. <laughs> <laughs> 
but again, I mean, like you said, it's, it's going to be down to that stretch. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's uh, it's going to be one heck of a stretch. It's going to be a really good test for 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 the kids for sure. And I mean, I think regardless, there's no way that Ken Hughes is ever going to be a buyer. Um, I think a buyer, no, for sure, no. for sure, not a well, buyer. Like, but you could see him standing pat, right? I don't think he will, but like. It, I would almost argue that if he doesn't move guys like Monaghan and all that at the deadline, that it's almost like being a buyer, yeah. right? Because you're, yeah, you're not, much. you're not selling those players, you know? But I, I wonder if like to a certain, like, especially, you know, Monaghan's obviously having sort of, sort of a, a career like uh, re- rejuvenance here. And, and, you know, it, by all accounts seems to be amazing in the, in the room. Like, is he tempted at all to, to not trade him and, and try to try to sign him long-term possibly? I mean, I don't think that that would be that crazy of an idea. You need guys like Monaghan when you're building a, a, a young team like that. He seems to be happy in Montreal. I mean, they might, depending on what this injury is, because, man, that injury really scares me. Of course, they're not telling us anything. I mean, all I've seen so far is lower body injury. But when you see someone go down on a non-contact injury like that, it's just, that's it's never a good sign, especially with the history he's had. So hopefully... He's he's okay, and if he is hurt, I mean, he ends up staying with the Canadians, obviously. But uh, if he ends up healthy, it's like, and I don't know. I just, I I think he's so good for the team. But at the same time, if a team comes knocking on trade deadline day, and they're offering, you know, something stupid for Monaghan, you you just you just can't say no. You you just have to go for it. Uh, you're not winning this year. And here's the thing. Best case scenario for me, honestly, is and we've seen it happen before. We can't assume it's going to happen because more often than not, it doesn't. But it has happened in the past. Is he, we trade him to a, a contender. You know, obviously, we, we even like we, we, we talk to him. You keep the relationship good. You make sure you go. He goes somewhere he wants to go. Make sure he's happy with where he's going and all that type of stuff. And you never know. Maybe he resigns with Montreal in the offseason. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it could definitely happen as well. You never know. I mean, uh, you know, especially if you get, sort of give him the option of, of where he wants to go, um, you know, come trade deadline, of course. And yeah, I mean, to, he he seems to, to to like playing with the kids. And I mean, uh, obviously, I mean, I think the Habs would love to have him back as well. And, uh, you know, he seems to like playing here. So, I mean, why not? I mean, I think there's a fit there. And, you know, I, I think if they were to bring back Monaghan, then that would sort of open the door to uh i think at that point you probably have to move to Vorak. but uh yeah. which but also let's not forget forget about Dubois, like if that's actually a thing that oh, that's happen. true yeah that's right? true but you know if monahan's your third and then suzuki Dubois like you're one two you're uh you're not uh you're not upset about that that's uh that's for sure and but i really think that the the big thing that's happening is that they're they're building something here where players like playing here. That's why, what's why you might see a guy like Monaghan uh, want, want to stick around. Like he might want to go and uh, maybe chase for a cup too. Who, uh, who knows? He's not that old though. So he doesn't have to focus on that too much yet, but we, we saw some, some quotes even from, uh, from, from Kate and Gouldy as part of uh, uh, Elliot Freeman's uh, th- 32 thoughts where he was, um, was talking, Kate and Gouldy was talking about how he was surprised as a rookie, like like how he's felt about being in the NHL and all that. And the thing that surprised him the most is how St. Louis makes it so fun to play for the Canadians. And something I've heard a few people talk about is how we didn't talk about the game too much, but Vancouver Canucks game that happened a few days ago, they lost seven, six in overtime. Obviously we're up for nothing. An unacceptable collapse, really like something you, you, you never want to see, but by all accounts, St. Louis didn't, barge into the room kicking and screaming like you hear about sometimes like the type of thing that you'd expect like a guy like Michel Terrien to do like swearing and and like making them do a bag skate the next morning even though they're playing the back-to-back games just not freaking out understanding it's something that can happen and then they 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 show up in in, in Seattle and they win 4-2 and have a great performance there it's it kind of creates this environment where the players want to be there. They want to play there. And maybe that's why they're doing better on the road. Like, I don't know, but, and that's the type of situation where maybe we're going to see it in a few years. Cause these players talk to each other when, when it's been happening for a few years, you have players that come and go and all of a sudden they're talking to each other and people are going to want to play in Montreal. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if we, it turns into a situation if where we're having a bit of an easier time signing those free agents in, in the off season. Cause it sounds like Montreal is a place that players are going to want to play. 
No, absolutely. I mean, you know, I think people around the league see that, uh, that, you know, I mean, first of all, Martin Saint-Louis definitely seems like a player's coach, you know, obviously a legend, uh, a hall of famer that, you know, the type of coach that players want to play for. And I mean, they see too, you know, the, the, the exciting style that we have, the exciting youth that we have on the team. I mean, I, th- I think it is definitely a lot more appealing, could be a lot more appealing to free agents than, you know, just a few seasons ago. Uh, now, obviously, the, ta- the taxes that they, that we have to pay here are always going to be an issue. Yeah. But um, but I mean, you know, and, and we've heard people say it before, people that uh, people that have played for the Habs before, like it, when you're winning, there's no better place to win than Montreal. I mean, the, the way that just the way that it is here in the city, I mean, the, the way that the fans are when things are going <laughs> going well at least i mean it, I, I don't think there's any any place you know you'd want to win a cup more than montreal i mean it would just, for sure like, like maybe like maybe like number one choice would be whatever your hometown team is and then number two <laughs> montreal right yes. being, be, being able to, to bring back a, a cup to a market like that where you'd literally be like a walking legend for the for the rest of your life but um, you got to think it plays into it like, we've always heard those stories about you know, there's no better place to play when you're winning and all that. But I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, because we've had some coaches in the past that then hearing players talk about it like years later, they didn't necessarily love playing for those coaches. That that That's the players are aware of which coaches are crappy and create like this toxic environment and all that. And it doesn't matter how great a city is if the coach that's there is just he. it's basically like, would you go back to a job that, you know, has a toxic boss that you hear about how this boss is, is like, just makes the day to day so horrible. You wouldn't, you just, you just, you just wouldn't, you wouldn't pick that. And saying we building that environment where players want to play. And I, I just think in the modern NHL more and more, like we're in a situation now and with athletes in general, because they're making so much money, you can't treat these millionaires like they're like, kids or whatever because they don't care they'll just like whatever i'll go make my million somewhere else you know it's it's not like what it used to be back in the day and i really think having a player's coach like saint louis is a much 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 better way of going about it in 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 these kind of like more modern times of sports no absolutely absolutely and i mean to, to get back to the to the last two games i mean the way that they lost against the canucks like you're losing on the road way out west you know i mean the with the with the time difference Vancouver is not a very good team to begin with. You're up 4-0, should should be an easy win, and then you lose that way. Like especially with a younger team, there would be every reason for them to, you know, to to just fold and 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 to sort of you know skid. And the very next night for them to come back and win. I mean, they didn't necessarily have the best performance against against the Kraken, but at the end of the day, a win is a win. Yeah. And that's. I mean, it, it, we've seen it all season long, really. I mean, how resilient the, the, this team has been. I mean, you know, every time that you think they're they're going to be down and out, or you know, they're they're playing a team that that maybe they shouldn't beat. I mean, they they constantly are, you know, going ab- above and beyond expectations, really. And I mean, you know, yes, I think a lot of us, myself included, wanted uh, wanted sort of the tank, but you know, at, at the end of the day, I mean, this is definitely the best thing for the progression and uh, whatever whatever pick we get, uh, I'm sure we'll hopefully get a good pick. Or may, make a good selection, at least. Now, we got to talk about, speaking of picks and making the right selection and all that, you know, we we, we got to stop ignoring the fact that Shane Wright, who both of us thought the Canadians were going to draft last year, and we all saw how it went down on draft day, the whole the stare down. Was it a stare down? Was it not a stare down? And uh, I didn't actually realize, I haven't really been paying too close attention to him. I knew he got sent down. I didn't really realize he hadn't even scored his first NHL goal. I mean, before yesterday, he only had one shot on goal in his NHL career, which is wild. Uh, But you could see it right away. Obviously, they called him up just for the game. He was lighting it up in the AHL. I think, what was it, like five goals in four games uh, that he scored in the AHL. So, I mean, we were talking about it before the game. It was so obvious he was going to score. And you could tell that, I mean, he got put on on the line with some like legitimate line mates, and they were just feeding him the puck. They they the team wanted him to score, which, I mean, you get it. And it, I mean, good good on that that Seattle dressing room too to recognize the moment and to to recognize what it would mean for him. And 
it just I, I couldn't help but laugh uh, when, when 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 he scored that goal. I mean, it, good for him in a sense. You know, it's uh, he clearly wanted it. Uh, and it kind of confirmed to me that that was a stare down and he is still bitter that the Canadians didn't draft him. And honestly, I'm pretty happy that he's going to be uh, uh, however good he's going to be. I think he'll always be good when playing against Montreal. So I'm glad he's in Seattle. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, well, I said it on the last podcast, like which again was like two and a half weeks ago. I said that the fir- Shane Wright's first goal is going to be that night against the Canadians. And lo and behold, that's exactly what happened. Like you knew, I don't know, he obviously seems to have the biggest chip in the world. Yeah on his shoulder um, playing against the Habs. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, uh, whatever. I mean, good for him. Like you said, I'm happy he's not, uh, you know, he's out West and not playing the, the Habs on a regular basis. And then after that, what's, what's really interesting is that now it's been uh, uh, announced that he's going to go to the world juniors. Uh, and then he still hasn't even hit the nine game mark. And after the world juniors, there's one game. Uh, where it would be in his ninth game. I forget who who they're playing against, but if he, if he misses that game, the next game is at the Bell Center for uh, for for the Kraken. So I uh, would not be surprised if uh, if his ninth uh, ninth game is uh, is at the Bell Center. So he gets that, and then he gets sent back to junior. It's uh, almost looking like it's, it seems like too much of a coincidence. I think at some point the the Kraken realized that they had the opportunity to do that. And that's uh, that's what they're going to do. And uh, I mean, he he's gonna get booed, isn't he? It's kind of oh, silly. Hundred percent. Yeah, it's true. It, there's no no reason to boo him, but but yeah, it's it's gonna will. happen. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. If I was <laughs> there, I'd probably be booing him too. Yeah, yeah. Which is uh, which, but honestly, booing is just fun. Let's let's be honest. There's no, especially when it's a silly situation like that. I don't think anyone has any true. Uh, Ill will, but it, I always feel like the fan base looks silly in situations like that. But yeah, it is. Uh, it, it, it you is can, you can is. kind of see the booing him just because of like the stare down and the yeah. sort of attitude that he seems to have. So yeah. I'm, I, I'm I, not against I, it. And I still think that no, no matter what, having seen Safkovsky and uh, and and how he handles himself and all that and and, and everything around the draft, I, I still think to this day, who knows who's going to be the better player at the end of the uh, at the end of the day, but. I don't think Shane Wright would have done well in this market the way he's, uh, he, 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 I don't know. I just, I, I just don't think it would have went well for him. He, like, I'm sure he's not, the headlines aren't as bad in Seattle right now as they would have been had he been in, uh, in, in Montreal with uh, how the season has gone. So I don't know. I, I'm still not mad about the pick, but then let's talk about who we picked and how he's been doing. So Slavkovsky, uh, I, I do think there's been progression in, in his game. There's been some moments where, uh, he's looking a little less confident. Uh, it was pretty funny having him score 30 seconds into a game where he got some real line mates instead of playing with uh, Pizzetta and uh, and um, J- Jake Evans. Uh, not that it was a flashy goal. I don't know what Markstrom was doing on that goal, but that's uh, neither here nor there. However, Slavkovsky, bro, please keep your head up. Like, I'm yeah. getting worried, man. Like, his size and he's getting knocked around by smaller players because he's just he's not ready. He's not he's not bracing himself for hits. Yeah, man, he's he's not going to have too long of a of an NHL career if he doesn't keep his head up. Um, I, and you know, I mean, we saw it right from the beginning. I think it was the first preseason game uh, when yep. we did our podcast. After that, I, I said, you know, if if he doesn't keep his head up, he's going to be getting lit up. It's like he got hit by a smaller maybe not younger guy but like a young guy in, in rook in the rookie showcase and like if that would have been a younger guy he would or a bigger guy he would have got laid out yeah and you know sure. the other guy just sort of bounced off him and i'm sure you know we we're talking about this before uh before we started recording i mean i'm sure that's what he's used to too right i mean he's he's 238 pounds an 18 year old i'm sure his whole life growing up he's been you know 60 pounds probably bigger than than the next biggest kid and he didn't really have to worry about keeping his head up and yeah, and you know, I mean, they're I don't think they're necessarily throwing the body around as much uh, in Europe, and and certainly guys aren't as big as they are in the NHL. But I mean, if he doesn't keep his head up, man, uh, he, he well, I, I don't know. Hopefully, he's gonna learn fast enough. I mean, I will say though, the the so there was a clip today that was posted by one of the RDS guys, uh, Patrick Friele, with uh, basically at practice uh, Adam Nicholas who. For those who don't remember, he was uh, hired, I'm pretty sure, this offseason to be the director of hockey development 
Uh, so basically, uh, the Canadians are actually taking development seriously now, which is obviously a good thing. And he spent a good chunk of the practice just one-on-one with Slav, just basically teaching him how to keep his head up when he when he's going into the corner. So uh, it's it's definitely good to see that the that the team is uh, is being proactive about this. I mean, they're not just obviously just telling him, but they're 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 having they're spending time with him one-on-one, giving him drills to to kind of work on that aspect of his game and the the problem with it too is i think it shakes his confidence too because i think there's the way i see him play on the ice there's there's ups and downs and i feel almost like at the beginning of the year he was almost a bit more confident and then depending on what's going on there's been moments where he's kind of realized oh okay the nhl is a whole different thing and like he he knows he's being knocked around, and then like every time he gets you know posted at the top of social media and all that, people love seeing the first overall pick uh, getting uh, knocked on his butt. Obviously, it's it, it'll it'll make uh, it'll make the headlines. You gotta think it shakes a little bit his how he plays the rest of his game and all that. So uh, happy to see that they're actively working with him on it. And but it's 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 crucial he works on that. He, he figures this out because it's it's like you said, it's gonna ruin his career. No, absolutely. I mean, uh, you you can't take too many hits like that. I mean, so far it it looks like he's hopefully avoided. I don't know if he had a con, you know, he p- potentially had a concussion when he got the, the hit that for the first time. Yeah, he he missed a few games and they didn't really. They just had upper body injury, which is obviously. So you never know. I mean, hopefully, hopefully that's the uh, you know, hopefully he's uh, he's been concussion free so far. But I mean. Uh, you know, you, you can't take too many hits like that, uh, for sure. Even 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 being six three, two thirty eight, or whatever, uh, there's no way he can keep taking hits like that on a regular basis. I mean, he he's obviously not this level of player, but you can't help to think of Eric Lindros, right? Eric Lindros, if it wasn't for injuries, might be known today as one of the like top five players of all time. Like he he was incredibly dominant. His career cut short and not just cut short, but, you know, he wasn't able really to, to, to perform at that at the high level for long. So as long, cause he had so many bad uh, head injuries and we know even more now about how, how important those uh, are to, uh, to, to, to prevent. And like, I like, yes, there's rules in place to make sure uh, that these don't happen as much and all that, but it's, it, it's up to the player to protect themselves too. Right. I often get frustrated when we hear about suspensions and all that because of a big hit that injures a player. And, but you see the player just kind of didn't protect himself. And I do, I do find that it's something that we're seeing more and more with young players. It seems like it's something that they don't focus on as much. Uh, I don't know why, but like you got to protect yourself if you want to have a long career in the NHL, it's obviously, obviously crucial. And, um, and, and, and more on Slavkowski, like we talked about Shane Wright going to juniors and talking about this, talking about how like, needs to work on some aspects of his game. I'm, I'm, I'm leaning more and more towards him uh, needing to, to like uh, wanting him to go to the world juniors, but it doesn't necessarily look like it's, it's going to happen. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, that's the poll you had on Twitter today, right? For FN. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so I posted, uh, posted the poll on Twitter. Um, so, you know, whether or not people think uh, the Habs should send Slavkovsky uh, to the, uh, to the world juniors. I'm just pulling that up now. Let's see what, uh, what everybody said. So it looks like uh, thir- uh, 59% uh, say yes, that uh, that the Habs should be sending Slavkovsky. And actually, I just noticed that we got a question as well on Twitter uh, from John C. Well, I mean, this is tied in, saying, I'm interested in your opinions on whether Slavkovsky should or shouldn't go to the World Junior Championship. Um, you know, like before, I I was definitely thinking yes. I mean, I, I, I still think it wouldn't be a bad thing. You know, he's going to go there. You know, play with some of the some of the, the you know his friends obviously obviously Nemec and uh, and Masar. Um, he's obviously going to be a very important part of that team. But um, you know, uh, I hate to say this, but uh, you know, I read a good tweet by Grant McKegg, <laughs> who said, who, who, who rightfully pointed out though that the Habs from now up until uh, basically the the World Junior Championship would end, play 14 games. So what what's better for Slavkovsky's development? Is yeah. it playing 14 games or thereabouts with the Habs, or going to, going and playing with Slovakia, who they're not going to have that great of a team. They're going to be playing probably four, maybe five games. So you know what? I mean, what they, they could ha- if Slav is there, they can have a, a not bad team, right? Like with Nemec and uh, and Mazar there there too. 
But and I get that point, the amount of games, but it's just what if he goes and has a really strong tournament? I think he comes back and plays even better, right? Yeah, it's just, I, I, I tend to lean towards wanting him to go. But the thing is, what we don't know is we don't know what Slaff wants, right? Mm-hmm. That, that would definitely weigh on my decision. You know, if for him it's really important to be able to go represent his country, uh, it's really important for him to kind of have this last opportunity to to play in the World Juniors or what have you. Like maybe he, he maybe he wants to be there. Then I'd probably lean more towards sending him. But if he is like, no, I'm with the team. I wanna I wanna go through this. Like we're three points out of the playoffs. I'm gonna be part of that. I I would, I would kind of respect that too because I'm such so on the fence with it. Like I'm not always on the team of letting the, the player decide, but I, it would definitely weigh on uh, on my decision. And, and also it's worth noting that Arpon Basu tweeted uh, earlier today, uh, or, or maybe it was yesterday, that uh, he actually asked Jeff Gorton uh, about whether or not they would be releasing uh, Slavkoski. And George, Jeff Gorton said, and he quoted, uh, if he continues going the way he's going, I wouldn't think so, which implies that Gorton thinks that Slavkoski has been progressing very well with the Canadians. And he sees no reason to uh, to send him uh, to to the World Junior. So it, it looks like they're leaning towards no, but I don't know. I, I'm definitely leaning more towards yes. Yeah, yeah, I, I was definitely leaning towards yes. You know, before before you know the reading that tweet from Brent McKeg. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it would really be good for his development. I, I think if you asked him, I would tend to think that he would like to go play. I mean, especially you know going to play with his friends. He obviously seems to love playing for Slovakia. I mean, you know, you know, obviously after what he did with the Olympics, I'm sh- I'm sure he'd love to go to go there, represent his country, um, and you know, obviously be be pretty much the guy on on that team as well. Uh, so you know, I, I think it would be really good for his development. I think it'd be great. You know, I'm sure he'd probably put up a decent amount of points, you know, get get playing time in all situations. I'm sure it would uh, help his confidence. Um, you know, right now, a lot of the time here, he's playing with, uh, you know, like you said, Pazetta and Evans, which obviously are not uh, not not the most offensive dynamos there. So, um, no, I, I, I think it would be a good idea. And, and, you know, hopefully he can hit the ground running once he does come back uh, to Montreal. Um, but but like if you had to put money on it, do you think they're going to send him down? Because I, I, especially with Arpon's tweet, like I really don't think it's going to. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna happen. Unfortunately. Yeah. Again, I I, I do think he. Sh- I, I I think it'd be good for him to go, but yeah, unfortunately. At, at the same time, I am kind of like what, what the poll is. What it's it's like. What would you say it was like a fifty nine percent one way? Fifty nine percent, yes. Yeah. yeah so, so it's, so it's like bas- basically a sixty forty split. It, that's basically how I feel about it. I'm kind of like sixty yeah. forty sending him to the World Juniors, but I'm not. I I, I totally understand the logic behind wanting to keep him up and also at the same time like when you what we just talked about like how he's having these sessions with adam nicholas one-on-one like it's not like they're they're like they're, there's this like perception sometimes that if a uh, a top prospect isn't playing like 25 minutes a game and and and, and like first power play minutes and all that that he's wasting his time and not progressing there, there, there's more about pro- to progression than just Know, what happens during the games, right? The, the, clearly, this team, this organization, has a plan around development, and they're spending time with him. And they they might just want him to keep focusing more on adapting to the North American ice than to uh, than than to kind of like just go have fun with his buddies at the World Juniors, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, uh, yeah, that, that definitely makes sense too. Um, so, so I mean, at this point, is it fair to say that he's not going to? pretty much under any circumstance be sent back to Laval, you think? I think, I think Laval is almost more likely than the world juniors. Um, that I don't, I don't, I don't think that's necessarily true. I think, I think that could happen if, if he goes on a, on a, on a, on a streak of things not going well for whatever reason. And I, I don't think they maybe I don't think like that's something that's I expect to happen soon, but I could see a, a bad stretch happening during the year. And he goes down for a few games. Like I don't think that's that that would be crazy. I mean, look at what they they did it to to Shane Ray, and it seems to have done been really good for him, right? No, that's that's true. That's that's a good point. But um, yeah, it, it, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, again, yeah, I think that sixty forty split is 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 definitely how I feel too. But uh, I mean, just but just judging by that that 
that quote, uh, you know, I, I don't think it's too, too likely. Yeah, no, that, that, definitely not. And at the same time, I mean, I, I still <laughs> love watching the games when he's there and it, it makes it more interesting to, to see how he, uh, how he progresses. So, I mean, I, all in all, I'm still not too, too worried about as long as he figures out his, uh, the whole keeping his head up thing, <laughs> I, then I'll, I'll feel much, uh, much, uh, much better about it. But, uh, uh, but yeah, all in all, still, uh, still love the kid and uh, like seeing the progression I'm seeing. Uh, but uh, we uh, moving on to we've we've talked a little bit already about the 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 trade rumors surrounding the team, but a uh, name uh, popping up more recently has been Joel Edmondson, who I've found a little bit disappointing since uh, since he's come back. Like I said, I don't think he's been as uh, uh, defensively stable as uh, he's been in the past. Uh, I mean, he's had a lot of injuries last two years. You can't really blame him. But actually, like David Savard's been better this year, which is I can't believe I'm even saying that. But being linked <laughs> to uh, to the Edmonton Oilers, uh, and it sounds like it's for a first round pick, and uh, which which does make sense when you when you consider that Edmonton has another year left on his contract, uh, and 3.5, it's not a bad contract at all. 29, it's not like he's that old. Uh, I mean. It, it, the, the more I look at it, the more it makes more sense to me that we could get a first for him. But uh, like, how would you feel about that? Just, let's just say it's just a first for Edmondson. Are, are you happy with that move? Oh yeah, for sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna take that all day. I mean, uh, we see it time and time again. Every single trade deadline, we see players like like an Edmondson move for a first round pick, and 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 oftentimes even more than a first round pick. And we saw it last year the Habs trading Ben Sherratt for a first, a prospect, and a fourth. Um, you know, David Savog a couple of years ago got traded uh, to to Tampa for for a first and I think even mm-hmm. a second or a third. So I mean. You can definitely see it happening, and I mean, especially with Edmondson, who was on a pretty decent contract, got one season left, has had a couple of of, of solid playoff runs. One that, that's the big thing. Back. That's the big thing, right? The playoff runs. They're going to value that for sure. Yeah. So uh, I I definitely don't think it's a stretch to say that the Habs could could maybe not. Yeah. I mean, quite easily get a first round pick and maybe even more. I mean, and I think Edmund, Edmonton is a great guess. fit too, right? Because exactly. Uh, Clef Bombs seems to be uh, injured for uh, long term. I'm not too familiar with with his situation. And, and basically, number one on the left side for Edmonton right now is Darnell Nurse. And f- from what I can tell, looking at the depth chart, number two might be Brett Kulak. And we're obviously very familiar with Brett Kulak. No hate towards Kulak. Uh, I think he's serviceable in his role. But, I mean, obviously, Edmonton is better than Brett Kulak. Yeah. Yeah, I mean Kulak's a good third uh, third pairing uh, defenseman for sure, but uh, probably not uh, an, an ideal guy that you want to have in your top four if you're planning on making a Stanley Cup run. And I mean, you know, I, I mean we I feel like we've been saying this for the last uh, half decade basically. They they have McDavid and Drysdale. They got to do something at some point. They got to make some moves to to try to make a run. Is Edmondson going to put them over the top? Probably not. But you know, I mean, he he'll he'll definitely be a great addition, and and it's. But he, he's the type type of stability they need, right? Because yeah, they already right. have the offensive firepower to on that team. But then you add Edmondson to play maybe alongside Tyson Berry, who's good offensively, but not much of a like a bit of a defensive liability. I think that that like it seems like a like I know Edmondson isn't like an insane player, but those types of pieces, you plug him into the right place. It really can make a big, big, big difference for, for a team because it, 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 it affects the team from top to bottom. But yeah, Edmonton, like you said, with, with McDavid and dry like I, I, I'm always rooting for them because like, I feel like it's, it's a shame to that last year. They got a bit of a run with McDavid, but like, I want to see who is clearly the best player in the world, make it to the cup final. You know, it's just good for the game in general. Like, the fact that McDavid has, hasn't sniffed the Stanley Cup yet, I, say, I know he's still very young, but he's so dominant. I want to see him. I want to see him make it there. No, absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, you know, it, we always see it at the trade trade deadline as well. I mean, it's 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 never the team that goes out and makes makes the biggest splash that that ends up winning the cup. It's always a team that ends up and get, gets getting those sort of support pieces like a. Well, obviously didn't work out for Ben Sherrod, but like a Joel Edmondson or David Savall when he went when he got traded to Tampa, they won the cup. So it's yeah, never, was it's Saval just, that big of a piece to that cup run though? Uh, I think they were already pretty. Uh, I mean, I think pretty, yeah, 
already pretty good. But I mean, you know, it's it's always that sort of addition. I mean, like you said, no, for that's, sure. For that's sure. the one thing that Edmonton needs. I mean, they already have the scoring. If one of their goalies, you know, Skinner or uh, or Campbell can figure it out in nets, I mean, that that would go a long way as well. And and I'm sure Edmondson would definitely help with that. And so, like, if they get a first for Edmondson, and then they can get a first for Monahan, I think, assuming Monahan, and once again, so knock on wood that he's uh, he's his injury is not too bad. Like the way he's been playing, you got to think that there's a first coming for Monahan. Also, it's just just stacking the first. Like, are you are you trying to get all first for next the next draft, or, or would you want to have one maybe that's in two drafts, or because but or is this draft that good that you want to stack it as much as possible? Uh, you know, I mean, I, th- I think if we can get four first first rounds this uh, this year, that'd be awesome. And I mean, you know, it, 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 at least at this point, it doesn't look like we're going to get that. Well, certainly not a top five pick, maybe not even a top 10 pick. But I mean, all of a sudden, if you have four first round picks and, a, and you know, maybe even two or three third round picks, maybe you can move up a little bit. I mean, obviously, they're not going to be moving up to number one to get Bedard, but, you know, they, it offers them a lot of flexibility. Who knows? I mean, maybe. Maybe there's another trade out there for to get a guy like Kirby Doc as well. So, you know, I I mean, I think the more the more first round picks, the earlier you can get them. Uh, why not? And, and I mean, and definitely don't think it's a stretch to say you can get a first for Edmondson, a first for Monahan, assuming he's healthy. I mean, uh, you can you can load up for sure. And honestly, even just looking at so if, if the team loses Monahan, whether it's the injury or to to the trade, I do think that that hurts. The, the quality of the team on the on on the ice. I do think Monahan brings something to the the, the center depth and all that, and and that his presence. Uh, and obviously Edmonton, is, I, I, Edmonton. I don't want to like rag on him too much. He's still a very very solid solid player. But just based on how the young players on defense of the Canadians have played, I really don't think losing Edmonton affects this team that much. If anything, it just gives more minutes to the young players that we want to see getting those minutes to. Because it's kind of the way the season's going, you know, like we kind of agree at this point that they're too good to get that top five pick. But it's, you know, live by the sword, die by the sword, except the sword is rookie players, right? Like we live or die by the rookies, see how they can do and uh, let them get those. Uh, and, and it's like it's not one of those situations that the rookies are so that, that, that we're playing rookies that aren't ready for the NHL. Clearly, all these guys are ready for the NHL. And it's not hurting their progression to be playing more minutes. So that's why I don't feel like get rid of Edmondson and let let Harris and Jackeye and Gooley really run the D the D squad, especially now that Matheson's back. I I honestly don't think it affects the how how good they play on the ice if they lose Edmondson. Really, not that much. No, no, not at all. And, and yeah, like you said, I mean, I, I, if anything, you want more playing time, as much playing time as possible yeah. for, I mean, obviously Gooley and, 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 you know, same thing for Jordan Harris and Jacki. And, you know, I mean, as, as the season goes on, who knows? I mean, uh, well, especially after the trade deadline, maybe you start calling up guys from Laval, like, uh, like Justin Barron. I mean, he's, who's been pretty solid for the rocket over the last uh, month or so. I mean, uh, yeah, you know, dead, like you said, I mean, just, you got to roll with the kids for sure. And how about Dadinov? Is uh, he's had a few points now. Is uh, do you think a team's gonna be done, dumb enough to to trade for him? <laughs> dumb enough to trade for him? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, obviously you're not getting anything good for him. You know, no. you get like a you get a late round pick. I would think. Uh, if so, so, so disappointing, eh? Yeah, Just... you know, he's one of those guys where you know you like. I thought that he could you know, sort of have a bounce back season and, and be one of those guys that, okay, man, who knows, maybe it's a trade that de- trade deadline, get like a second or a third for him if he bounces back a little bit, but now nah, he's, he's, he's been really disappointing. But what's frustrating is I can see the Canadians trading Dadanov for like, like a fifth or sixth round pick, like for like nothing. And then he actually does really well wherever he goes. Yeah. And that would be incredibly frustrating. <laughs> like you, you couldn't try a little bit while you were here and make it so we could get a better better assets from uh, from trading you, but uh, whatever. And, uh, it, it, it is it is what it is. At the end of the day, we're still gonna end up having probably a pretty stacked uh, uh, amount of picks for uh, for the trade uh, for the trade uh, another trade the uh, for the draft, especially considering the Florida still outside of a playoff spot. If the Canadians, I, I don't I if the if the Florida misses the playoffs and the Canadians miss the playoffs, I hope 
obviously that they win the lottery, you know, because you never know. There's always a shot. But I yeah. really hope it's with a Florida pick. Oh my god, that'd be so funny. But like, like I'm not lying about this. This is this is the truth. I swear to God. I had a dream a couple of days ago that the Habs won both draft lotteries. And they had the first and second. So they had the first and second overall pick. Imagine. <laughs> oh man. Uh, I. Th- there would be conspiracy theories about that being rigged forever. I think. Uh, <laughs> like Matt Bettman, uh, like seems to hate the Habs. I know. So there's no way. I, I agree, but I think other fan bases would would not feel the same way. Imagine. <laughs> oh, uh, I just. That would always be as exciting as winning the cup. <laughs> like that would be like yeah. imagine the day of the draft lottery. I'd be absolutely losing. We should have a parade for that if that happens. <laughs> oh, sure. Like oh my god. Like yeah, uh, that, that would be something. Oh man. Well, hopefully uh, that was more of a prophecy than uh, than, than just uh, just a dream. Now nah, now I believe, man. I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna assume that. Uh, that uh, your 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 dreams are are, are gonna become uh, become reality, uh, and uh, the last thing I wanted to to talk about is, and I we talk about it every podcast, but it just it just keeps being amazing. Lane Hudson is incredible, and he's had quotes recently too, saying he thinks he could be as good as Kale McCarr. I love this kid. I love this kid so much. I don't know if he'll be as good as Kale McCarr, obviously, but man, he just keeps performing. Yeah, man, like this this kid is crazy. Like the the numbers that he's putting up are just absolutely ridiculous for for a freshman in the NCAA. I mean, 17 points right now through 14 games, six goals, 11 assists. I mean, it's just crazy numbers. And you know, it's, he. I mean, what what can you really say about him? I mean, and now hopefully, well, I'm I'm sure he's he should very well be on the U.S. Uh, World Junior team as well. Really oh, yeah. excited to see what he can do there. I mean, they should have a really strong team. So, I mean, he he could – he's going to be a really ex- – obviously, you know, he's he's lacking, he's lacking size, but, man, is he an exciting player. And you Has, know, he, I mean, has like, he gotten that growth spurt, growth spurt yet that he claimed he was going to get later in life? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, about has, has he gotten a few inches at it? <laughs> Still praying for that to happen, but uh, don't we all want a few more inches, right? <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, no, I mean, he, he could be an absolute steal. I mean, you know, he, he's sort of in uh, – well, he's obviously in that new age sort of defenseman. When you take a look at guys like, like Hale McCarr, guys like Quinn Hughes, Luke Hughes, I mean, all, all guys that, you know, he, he plays a similar game to. And, I mean, if he could be ha- – if he ends up being half the defenseman that Hale McCarr is, he's, he's going to be a steal. And, like, also, like, the, the Canadians, if he does turn out to be at that great of a player, sure, he's a small guy, but the Canadians already have guys – like Jack Eye and Gooley, who are these bigger de- defensemen on the back. So it's it's not like you don't want to have three, four, like three, four of these kind of smaller, uh, diminutive like defensemen, like like a link. But you can have one, and you can have him skating around the ice and and, and dominant. And like and like just, I love the idea of having both Caulfield and and Hudson just, you know, just dominating out there. And then just like I could already picture. Lane Hudson passes to Caulfield and Caulfield scores on a one-timer and, and these two little guys celebrating surrounded <laughs> by all these other giants that are playing with them. You know, I just, uh, I love the picture of it. I, this year's draft might end up being an absolute, cause obviously there's Slavkowski and all that, but there's Owen Beck too, who, I mean, look, if, if, if Owen Beck being second, the second center to, to Nick Suzuki I mean, would Shane Wright be that much better? Like, I don't know. Because Owen Beck is incredible right now, too. Yeah, I mean, Owen Beck, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, you know, pro- probably doesn't have the offensive upside that uh, that Shane Wright has. But, I mean, he definitely seems like a, you know, he, he could be really solid, you know, like middle six kind of guy, kind of center, definitely. And, I mean, you know, that's is the kind of guy that you need, right? A 200-foot player. Exactly. Uh, Exactly. That's why I'm saying behind Nick Suzuki, who is right now like shaping up to become like a top 10 scorer in the NHL some seasons and in his best years and all that top 15, he's a one number one center. So then you need the, the, the second line center that can have that 200 foot game. That's Owen Beck. That's, that's going to be Owen Beck. You know, that's, Absolutely. that's the one, two, it's the one, two punch is going to win us a Stanley cup. 
Yeah, well, there you go, man. And who knows? Maybe add Dubois to that, too. We'll see. <laughs> oh, man. But, I mean, Owen Beck, I mean, like, you know, he's 18 years old. He looks – he's going to the to the Canada World Junior um, camp. Looks like he could be slotted into that bottom six, you know, potentially on, the, on you know, being the fourth-line center. But, I mean – you know, the fourth line center is an 18 year old. That's, that's, that's pretty good. You know, he's, he's going to be playing, he's going to have to play in a lot of different situations. He's going to be, you know, probably on the PK for team Canada. He playing a really important minutes for that team. And it should be really a stacked team this year for Canada, especially with some of the additions, obviously like Shane Wright, Brand Clark um, is being sent there as well. So, uh, and Dylan Genther as well. So, I mean, they're, they're going to have an absolutely stacked team. And if he can, you know, get, get that fourth line, uh center role i mean that would that would be awesome and i mean we're you know we haven't even talked about philip massar either i mean he's he's obviously yep. a first round pick he's he's just got a buttload of talent as well i mean some of the other guys i mean cedric Gandon right now is is i believe he's still top 10 in ohl scoring jared davidson's in the in the top uh, i believe 20 in the top scoring in the whl uh, what about sean farrell you're missing a Missing him. He's well, been I, I was just talking about last year's. This is just last year's. Draft. Oh, right, 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 right. I mean, Sean Farrell. I mean, he's he's killing it too. Fourth round pick in 2020. He's got uh, just looking up his stats now. 18 points in 11 games uh, for uh, uh, for Harvard. Uh, so I mean, he he's he's looking like an absolute steal as well. Um, you know, he he could potentially be joining the Habs organization uh, in Laval. Maybe maybe even at the end of this season. So. Yeah, and, and actually Cole Caulfield, when the Habs drafted him, said he was going to be an absolute steal. Oh, there you go. There, who needs Connor Bedard? Who, I know, but uh, I forgot. Now actually, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna win both uh, lotteries. Who are we gonna have Bedard and, and Fantilli, or do we go Bedard and Mishkov? Because we can, since we already have Bedard, we can take a bit of a risk on the on, on the Russian maybe taking a few more years to show up. You know, I can't wait. That's gonna be quite the but, dynasty. Bedard and Fantilli, I think, would be pretty sweet. Uh, I mean, of course. I mean, you, either either way, either way, I think yeah, I think you're pretty yeah, pretty happy. Uh, all right, uh, I think uh, that uh, that pretty much uh, covers it for uh, for this week's uh, episode. I mean, I say this week after as if we do it every week, but uh, <laughs> uh, as always, follow us at the Habs Forum on Twitter to uh, know when the uh, next episode drops or ask your questions, and uh, always uh, happy to answer or you know answer the poll because you know if if you answered the poll. I consider it to be like one of the cool kids that asks questions. At least you, you help us uh, fill up the content for the episode. So we, we definitely appreciate that. So, yeah, as always, thank you for listening, and we'll all talk to you next time. Bye.